Okay, John Panos, John McGrath, million dollar agent. Johnny, how are you going? Good, Tommy. Very, very well. I wonder one day, could we ever be billion dollar agent? Or is that already out there? Big, that's, probably out. Hey. that's probably Brian Serhant's probably billion dollar agent. Yes. Well, I've got to say, John, that was a million dollar agent was the title given back in 2015 or 14 uh, when we started. So um, it's funny, you know, but the thing is... With inflation, you know, we should be getting towards the billion agent podcast, couldn't we? Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, I think we'll have to, we'll have to work on that. But it's isn't it isn't incredible what you know COVID done with Zoom. So you and I were face to face about fifteen minutes ago, having a a meeting with a mutual mm-hmm. friend, and then yep. we it, we could have done the podcast, but it just makes a lot more sense that you know we go to separate addresses, we dial in, we know it gets recorded to the cloud, we're not going to have the noise that you'd have sitting in, you know, like obviously doing it in a cafe or or in a in a mm. car. And, um, and, man, it's just another one of the things that have come out as being a thing that will stay post-COVID. It's funny. and uh, Yeah, exactly, Tommy. A friend of mine who's not in real estate but is in sales and very successful, I said, what's happened to your sales during and post-COVID? He said, up 300%. I said, what? And he said, no. He said, to be quite honest, I get through twice the number of sales calls and relationships now than I ever used to. I used to get in the car, drive 20 minutes, look for a car park, get out there, go lift, talk rubbish for 10 minutes with someone, then in business for 10 minutes and then repeat all day. He said, now I'm going from one business conversation to another, to another, to another. And I know real estate's a people business. Zoom's never going to replace it. But I think for all our listeners and your gym members as well, Tommy, people have got to realise that this thing called Zoom was just not a solution for COVID. You can actually use it as a great business tool well beyond COVID once we're well and truly past COVID. Um, and I think a lot of vendors, you know, vendor meetings, for example, you know, I remember in the old days when I was there, I used to go and have to spend, you know, a couple of hours and you go there, go and park, go there, have a cup of tea, talk, small talk for a while, then eventually get around. Now, if you said to, if you had six auctions this weekend, you can have like 20-minute vendor meetings on Zoom on Thursday afternoon and knock them all over in the space of a couple of hours, potentially. So I think it's going to be a mix or a balance of, you know, the real-time, the face-to-face, as well as the virtual. Now, John, um, the topic that we were having with our mutual friend was um, about business ownership and growing a business, and then the conversation ended up spilling out to, hey, the disadvantages and advantages of owning a real estate office versus being a salesperson in a business and then extending that to running your own EBU. John, it's a topic, it's weird because with so many podcasts that we've done, I don't think it's one that we've actually really gone off and explored. But I know, I know from my own inquiries that I get from people, people ring up, Tommy, I want to pick your brain. I'm sick and tired of working for me boss. You know, I'm making him, you know, three, four hundred grand. I want to go off and, you know, do my own thing. And they're the tones of conversations that are often in the minds of agents, particularly agents that, John, have done pretty well in life and they're looking to go to the next level. I know that you've had a lot of experience. You've had a lot of experience with people that actually um, may have actually left their business and have come and worked 
within um, your organization. Others have left the organization and gone up and opened up, you know, their own little businesses. So, John, the most important thing, but we were sitting around looking at some spreadsheets of some of the businesses, and this is not a myth. It appears that most good salespeople will probably make more money running an effective business unit than going down the path of owning a real estate company. Yeah, look, I think, Tommy, you're right, and it's just coincidental that prior to this, this conversation, we're, we're having a conversation, as you say, with a mutual friend on exactly the same topic that people have been asking you. I reckon there's three or four reality checks or thing, or, or at least hoops to jump through. The, the first one, as I said to our friend, is, you know, why, why do you want to do it? Some people... They think they're going to earn more money, and I think you're exactly right, Tommy, and we'll drill into that in a minute. Often, they're going to earn less money and have more stress. Um, some people just kind of want to do it their own way. They've got an innovative gene in their body, and they're entrepreneurial, and they want to have their own name above the door, whether it's ego or just better control or innovation. That That's driving some people. Some people want to build a legacy for their kids and uh, a nest egg, and they think the best way to do that is build a rent roll. So I think you've got to do a bit of a... <clears throat> question and, and you're probably better to do it with someone other than yourself and your spouse probably get a an advisor and, and, and I recommended a couple to this gentleman earlier um, but I think you've got to say so what do you want to do it do you want to build an empire do you want to be innovative because if the only driver is you want to make more money I think your earlier point Tommy is right it, it's it's often flawed because people think that our oh, real estate companies they got to be making 25 30 percent profit so if they're writing three million they must be taking home a million not the case in fact you and i looked at one earlier um and you know it's 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 a pretty big business and they're doing big double digit gci numbers and yet they're taking home less than probably most of our top 30 agents in terms of profit and they've got a lot more stress so i think the the game has changed once upon a time good agents got 50 percent of the commission vendors were paying two and a half percent commission um, it was kind of a different game now. A lot of good agents are on 60, 65, 70, 75% commissions. Um, vendors' commissions are down a bit. Running of a business, rents are up, wages are up. So I think the days of 20 to 30% profits um, are numbered and, and scarce. So I think you've got to do you know, a really honest assessment of why you're doing it and what are you really going to make? And the last one, Tommy, I reckon, is what's your forte? Some people are just damn good salespeople. Doesn't mean you're going to be a great leader or manager uh, or you're even an entrepreneur. You could just be really good face-to-face -face in the lounge room, getting listings, negotiating deals. And I say to people, that if, if you're looking for a nest egg, don't worry about a rent roll. Go and buy a couple of blocks of flats over the next few years with the money you're making out of sales and that's probably or arguably a much better nest egg in the future and much more stable than a rent roll. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be – that's. and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Obviously, I did it. Other people have done it. Some it works out. Others not so much. I think you've just got to work out and you know, be honest with yourself. I mean, why are you doing it? What are you best at? And is it really going to deliver you what you expect? Johnny, in terms of personal characteristics, personality styles, who's suited to being a principal – and who's suited to being a sales agent? Like, do you see their different characteristics? Yeah, for sure. I think, look, I think some of them, uh, you know, being good at communicating and selling good energy, that stuff is good for both roles. But, you know, sales is, 
unfortunately, in a lot of people's worlds, very transactional. So I meet you 30 days later, we've done a deal, put a sold sign up. Hopefully you keep in touch with me, but a lot of agents, as we know, don't. Building a business is a long, slower boil. And, you know, you've got to go out there and you've got to find the right agents. And sometimes if you're recruiting, you've got to talk to people for two years before you get them across. And then it could take another two or three years of coaching and mentoring before you actually get them to a level where they're contributing in a material fashion. So I think you've got to be much more patient being a principal. Uh, Also patient dealing with the inevitable issues that come up because, you know, whether it's property management or sales, you know, being a principal and all the principals listening will know what I'm talking about. There's there's a, a complaint, you know, on a regular basis. Oh, you know, um, my application for that property rent, you know, didn't come in and I should have got it. And the other one said, well, I put a bid in for that property and I think the agent didn't put my bid forward. There's always stuff that, that you got to deal with. So, of course, if you're a gun selling principal, that's going to distract and interrupt some of your income earning capacity as well. So I think you've got to be patient. Um, you've got to have good attention to detail because it's it's a serious business running a trust account and and a rent roll and and a, and a business and and wages and all the right. So you've got to have good attention to detail, which not all agents have. Um, a lot of the other things, there's no doubt, good with people, good at selling, good at coaching, which a lot of agents are pretty good at that stuff. But I, I do think you've got to shift your mindset that this is not an overnight success. I can go and get ten listings this afternoon and make a lot of money in the next thirty days if I'm a good agent. If you're running a business, you've got to see much more of a three to five year minimum horizon and be more patient in, in getting there and be able to deal with the inevitable disappointments of, you know, as you've just said, Tommy, sometimes people come on board and, you know, you think you look after them, you think you've got a great relationship and the next day they open up across the road. So, you know, you, you've got to have a personality that can deal with that. So, so John, I was I was sitting at um, an awards function many years ago and one of the the, the Awards came to a salesperson that was sitting at my table and then the business owner um, from that office was sitting next to me and he said something along the lines to me, mate, he, he, he really underestimates, you know, how much, how much uh, I've given to him because he's picking up a lot of the property managements. And I remember looking at him and I'm thinking to myself, I could tell there was a bit of, it was a little bit envious that he wasn't the one being up on the stage, you know? And then I thought to myself, one of the qualities that I think a good principal has is that they genuinely let go of them being, you know, the hero in the business and they care a lot about their salespeople. Like, John, he should have been sitting there. I'm so proud of it. This guy came to me when he was, you know, young and, you know, he's put the effort in and I've worked with him and I'm so proud that he's the number one agent in the state now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I do. And you're right, generosity of spirit and letting other people take the credit are, are absolutely too important traits and I remember in the early days of starting up our business when I was still heavily involved in selling the number of listings I just gave away and you don't clip the ticket usually as a principal you just give it away and you say look Tommy why don't you and I work on this together you can take all the commission I'll mentor you along the way so a lot of good agents take a hit to their sales revenue for the first few years so I think as we were saying to our friend this morning you know you don't want to end up half pregnant I think if if you're a gun agent in an office, sometimes that's the best role. If that's your forte, you're honest about it. Double, triple your income, maximize your profit, invest in some blocks of flats or shares in Westpac Bank or whatever is your passionate investment vehicle. <clears throat> and and that's a really good 
good strategy. If you want to build an empire and have five offices or 50 offices, well, the only way you're going to do that is going out on your own. Um, but again, you've got to, I think when you're caught in this one to five office thing, the distraction is maximum. You know, the profitability in, in starting up new offices often erodes the profitability of the of the mothership or the head office. So I think as long as you go in with your eyes wide open, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying think about it, get some external advice, model up the real profits, not not your perception of some great profits, um, which may or may not be there, and be realistic about the, uh, I guess, the additional stresses. I mean, there's stress being a sales agent, no doubt. You know, you've got auctions, you've got pass-ins, you've got vendors, you're fighting for business, all that sort of stuff. But then you multiply that by 10 if you've got 10 agents because you kind of take on a lot of their stresses and have to deal with them and their moods and when they're up and they're down and complaints against them and so forth, which is going to be, even in good businesses, you know, this is a an industry where a transaction has so many moving parts and it's very emotional and inevitably you've got 10 buyers at an auction, one buys, nine miss out and the opportunities for one of those nine to kind of think that, you know, maybe they didn't have the right thing done, uh, especially if it's uh, the big thing, just as we divert, the big thing is multiple offers, you know, agents out there, you've got to learn how to live in multiple offers because as a principal, I would say in 35 years of real estate, by a long way, the number one complaint that I've had over many, many years is just like in three buyers want to buy a property prior to auction, that's become the biggest headache. And we're pretty good at it. We train it pretty hard, but it's it's uh, it's a minefield for people if you don't handle multiple offers right because all of them can end up hating you, including the person that buys it, if they don't think it's handled uh, with integrity and transparency and clarity. Anyway, that's the diversion. But so, so- yeah, go go. I want to ask you, John, in the conversation we had this morning, you you, you said to our colleague that um, one of the causes of the profits of a real estate business um, not being where they used to be, um, where they used to be often 25 to 30%, now it's closer to uh, 10%. Um, mm-hmm. What you said was the, the, um, the cost of a salesperson, and you said the word you used is the, the value of a salesperson has gone up in the last decade or two, right? Um, and they're paid. Yeah, look, in the commission definitely has, the pure commission, but also agents' profiles have risen significantly because of social media and even digital. So once upon a time, you know, it was the brand, an LJ Hooker, classic brand, long-term Australian brand, and people used to go to LJ Hooker and then whoever the agent they were allotted was, was the one they took. Whereas now agent brands have become you know, much bigger and that's not a bad thing for anyone, but it, but it also has meant that commissions have gone up and the best agents, and once upon a time, Tom, if you wrote a million dollars, you were number one by a long way in this country. Um, now, you know, there are so many people writing seven figures and above. Um, again, they expect a bigger slice of the pie. And I think at some level, principles give away too much because you've got to run a business um, but, you know, the old days of 50-50 commission have gone in, a, in most areas. I'm not saying everywhere, but most areas they've gone. So principals, again, have got to say, if I'm going to target high-quality agents, I'm going to have to be realistic about the sort of commission splits nowadays that are available, and I have to kind of model my business on that because I'd hate someone to go out there, fit out an office, start an office, and then find out that they're actually losing money with more stress, and they should have stayed where they were. That's all. So just do it with your eyes wide open. All right. Now, John, before we finish off today, we're now um, Australia Day's uh, Australia Day's finished. 
Um, holidays are out of the way. It's very clear when you look uh, in the media, uh, online, uh, a lot of campaigns um, have started. Uh, auctions um, are up and running. Um, can I ask you the the feedback that you're getting from your own agents um, at the moment? Uh, what is it? What are they saying to you? You know, you, you're represented in Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland. What are they yeah. saying about the marketplace? Ma- markets, markets up and down East Coast are pretty much very, very strong, as strong as we've seen for a long time. Um, bit of hesitation in the buying ranks with, uh, so they're still saying listings are tight. Statistically, our listings are up on last year, but I think industry-wide, they're saying that they might be a little bit tighter than last year for a minute. Um, and a little bit of hesitation in New South Wales around stamp duty reform. I know a lot of our listeners are from New South Wales, and when governments bring in major changes, a lot of people kind of wait and wonder how it's going to impact them. So I think uh, agents have to, A, in New South Wales this is, they have to be very clear around what the proposal is and what it's likely to look like. So I was talking, I was coaching one of my guys the other day and I said, what do you think of the new stamp duty reforms? And amazingly he said, oh, I'm not really across them. I said, man, come on, like seriously, this is a major reform that's going to impact you. You have to be able to talk to buyers and sellers, you know, with a, with an opinion. So, you know, I gave him a little uppercut and, and he he understood that was it was deserved. So I think, you know, you've got to be aware of what's happening with it. You've got to have an opinion is it going to stop a few buyers from buying between now and if the new legislation comes in? Maybe, but as Matty Steinwade said so beautifully at the beginning of COVID, he said, well, I had 50 vendors that wanted to sell before COVID, and that's gone down to 25, and I had 100 buyers, that's gone down to 50. I'm just dealing with those 25 vendors and those 50 buyers. There's still plenty of plenty of business to be done, whereas a lot of other people, Tom, as you know, they get caught up in the story and, oh, I, you know, what's happening with the stamp duty and I'm not sure it's going to impact and buyers are all hesitant. No, buyers aren't all hesitant. Some will be, small percentage. Others just want to find the right property and do a deal. So don't let it distract you. But I think that's the only thing we're finding from our New South Wales ranks is there's a little bit of confusion from buyers about how that's going to impact and should they wait. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's about all, but pretty pretty good market. Every, as we know, in a market, every market, if you've switched on and you're dominant and you've got trajectory and focus, the market's always good. John, well, it sounds like everyone should be asking the question we asked last week, is it going to make the boat go faster? And in this market, is it going to get – is it going to get – I love – John, I love that I love that line. I've used it two or three times this week yeah. with people. When they go off on a tangent yeah. and tell me all these other stories, I say, is it going to help you get a listing, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And it sounds like in most of Australia, including Perth, who I was talking to Shane Beaumont, who's telling me that Perth, he goes – Mate, he goes. I can't work it out. We sell them before they go on online now. So it, you mm. know, just got to remind yourself everything that you do. The most important thing is to make the most important thing the important thing. And the important thing right. right now is is what you're doing linked to you getting your listing target for the month and for the year. Correct. Prospect list sell. Just stay focused. All right, Johnny, good to have you back. I will see you on Tuesday. The Big McGrath kickstart being done by live stream all around the country, but also you're doing it as a hybrid event where you're going to have three or 400 people in a room, social distancing, and then the rest of the country sees it via live stream. Yeah, exactly right. Now, we're looking forward to that, and thanks for being a part of it. Everyone's excited.
Thank you, Johnny. Everyone else signing See off. Tom. See you next week. Bye.